Hey, she got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the hydrant We was wildin' on the side of a boat Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen To yet another episode Episode 7, as a matter of fact Of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, I am your host and the creator of the show, Mo Green. And also, as always, thank you to all my do-dadders, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in this week and listening. Thank you a million times over. Again, the love is always spectacular, and I really appreciate you clicking that button, tuning in, sharing the show with your friends, your parents, your sisters, brothers, nieces, nephews, dogs, cats, aunties, uncles, co-workers, uh, random person in your mommy group or your daddy group, whoever you're sharing with, I appreciate it, uh, because as always, the listens keeps coming, the feedback keeps coming, the praise and the and, and the love um, and the suggestions for different things keep coming. So I appreciate everyone for tuning in um, and I'm glad that you're enjoying everything. For new listeners out there that just found me or just got put onto the show, uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Let's have a good time, man, and let's learn a little bit about fatherhood. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you want to connect with me as always, follow me on Instagram at dadhardpod, uh, catch me on Facebook. Facebook, you know, definitely jump on the Facebook page, give me a little like, join the team, we'll do this whole thing, we can connect, you can you talk, we can talk back, we'll talk about parent issues, father issues, kid issues, uh, husband wife issues if you want, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist, but you know what, fuck it, I'll do it, I don't care, I'll, I'm, I'm down to talk to you, you can tell I like to talk a lot, you know what I'm saying, so um Definitely check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Um, and if you just want to connect on a one-on-one uh, as, far to the, as part of this fatherhood brotherhood, definitely shoot me an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. That's if you have ideas for things that you want to hear discussed on the show so I can like go out and find a guest to kind of... Um, to talk about something like that, because you know what my guests, I always like to bring them on and have a different little angle uh, of why I bring my guests on and what we talk about during our interview or conversations, etc. So if you have an idea for things or, or things that you want to hear being talked about, if you're a new father or a prospective father or even an older father and you're just like, hey, I would love for you to touch on such and such subject, definitely shoot me an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Or if you're a father listening and like you're interested in coming on the show um also shoot me an email i actually have a guest coming up in the next couple of weeks that um that 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 did just that so uh he's gonna be coming on and and we connected in his fatherhood brotherhood and and he's gonna come on the show and we're gonna make it happen so um yeah give me a shout and and let's do this whole thing and new york city i know i mentioned it a couple weeks ago didn't mention it last week, but I want to mention it again this week. New York City. 
me and my band Firehouse are playing a one night only reunion show. I know everybody always says they really love that I play music at the beginning of the show, in the middle, and have these music breaks, whatever. Again, that's all my own original music back in the day when I, I did music myself. Uh, I've taken a break from that, but myself and my band are coming back one night only. Firehouse reunion show at the Cutting Room in New York City. That's November 15th. It's a Friday, so get your sitters. Get them on the calendar. Get that checkbook out, ready to write. Go on to the Cutting Room website or to Eventbrite or to the Facebook page because the link is up there. Uh, and get a ticket and come out and party with us uh, and, and see what it's all about. It's going to be a great time. We just love to have a good time, play some cool music and just, you know, have a little bit of a party. You know what I mean? Anybody that's been to a firehouse show before, uh, you know how we get down. So, that's definitely what it's going to be Friday night, November 15th at the cutting room. Uh, we're going to do it big like it's 1999. You know what I mean? Um, but yep. Yeah. And uh, last thing, we are now on all popular podcast platforms. So anything you want to do to listen to the podcast, you can find me. I am on TuneIn, I'm on iHeartRadio, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, I'm on Alexa, I'm on everything you can imagine, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, Podcast Addict, CastBox, whatever it is, you can find me, Dad Hard with a podcast, type it in, and there I am, pop, my beautiful face with my little... My little baby girl in the carrier on my chest. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's how we get down. Enough of that. Enough of all that. Let's get into week 12. Because it's week 12, which means my daughter is three months old. Jesus Christ. She's like an old maid already. I can't even imagine. It, it's so crazy. She's three months old. And like my wife is already like, oh my God, I need to have now. We need to have another one so we can have a little one all over again. And I'm like, hold on. Pump the brakes a little bit. We're still working on this one. But it's so true, man. They just grow and they get so big so fast. And they um, they just develop so quickly. It, it's crazy to see. I catch myself... Um, looking at old photos of her from like, it's only been three months, right? So old photos, fuck that mean? You know what I mean? But like, I catch myself looking at old photos of her from like three months ago, like the day she was born. And then I look at her, I'm like, oh my God, she's so different. It's so nuts. It's really wild to see how quickly and they grow and develop even in three months. It's just wild. And she's not even really doing anything yet, right? Like, uh, uh, like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, like every little thing is like this huge milestone at this point. You know, she hasn't taken her first steps yet. She doesn't crawl. She doesn't talk. But she like full out giggles and laughs. She smiles. That's huge. She can lift her head up. That's huge. Who would think my non-fathers out there or non-parents out there that's listening, would you ever think that like you would get excited about seeing some little baby lift their head up by themselves? I I'll wait. I'll let that sit in the air for a second. But you know what? You get fucking excited because it's the coolest thing in the world at this point. Um, and that actually brings me to the develop her development in week 12. 
because week 12 was a little bit weird, uh, at least for me and anybody out there that, that went through this with uh, with their child during week 12 um, or any other week in general, um, hit me up. Let me know. I'd love to talk to you about it and I'd love to get, get, get different thoughts and stuff like that. Not that anything went like awry or went wrong, but it's a weird week because there were no like real milestones this week. And that was kind of like, this was kind of like the first week where there wasn't any like real hardcore milestone. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if it's because maybe all like the quote unquote three month milestones that they, whoever the hell they are, say you're supposed to hit. Like my daughter's kind of hit weeks ago, you know what I mean? Or, or, or well before the three month point, you know, lifting her head up by herself, putting pressure down on her feet while you're holding her like under her arms, um, giggling and, and cooing and show, social smiling, um, you know, recognizing faces and tracking movements and, and sounds um, and where they're coming from. You know, she's been doing all of those things for a, a few weeks now. And this week, it seemed like there was a lot of like development, kind of, and a lot of just like, but really like a lot of like waiting, you know, like waiting for her to get to that level up. You know what I mean? It was kind of like waiting for like you're playing Super Mario and you're you're little Mario and you're like running around, running around, running around, trying to find like one of those bricks that you could jump and hit so you can get the mushroom and get big and, and level up a little bit. That's what it was like. And we're like one, me and my wife, like running around waiting for a mushroom to pop up and we get it like we'll hit one and we'll think we're going to get and then it falls down the pit. You know what I mean? Like that's what it kind of was. It was a lot of like, oh, she's about to do this kind of she's sort of but not really. You know, it was kind of like um, last week or, or, or a couple weeks ago, I mentioned how she discovered her hands. And then last week she was sort of trying to use. Now this week she's still sort of kind of trying to use them it's getting a little better but it's not all the way there yet you know it's it's a lot of this this waiting you know what i mean she she's been lifting her head up for a while like by herself she can do that it's no problem like she she'll be uh, lay her on my chest and she'll like lift her head up and look up at me it's the sweetest thing damn thing in the world any father mother that had that happen before hopefully most of you have because it's a beautiful thing to have like your your child like laying on your chest and looking at you it's fucking magical um but you know she'll do that but then like we'll think that she can like sit up by herself and then not really only kind of you know it's it's been a lot of that um and it's weird because you want like every week you want to have these like excitable moments and milestones and, and, and all this stuff. And, and this week it just kind of never got there. Um, at least for me, you know what I mean? It seemed like it was a lot of like waiting. Now she did do some really cool shit going back to putting pressure down on the feet because you listen much to my wife's chagrin. Daddy's been trying to teach her how to stand up on her own since about week one. Since the first time it was just me and her. Shh, don't tell her. Don't worry, she don't listen to the podcast anyway. Um, but seriously, uh, 
uh, she she did some really cool shit with, with that, and I'll get to that in a minute. But it was just it was just a little straight. It, it was a little bit of a, a weirder week. There was no kind of real big thing that she did. It was just everything getting better and everything getting more perfected. It was like she was kind of just honing her, like she had all the skills and now it's just like honing them in and just kind of getting better at them. And I guess that's a good thing. You know what I mean? It's not like she's regressing at all whatsoever. It's that, you know, she, she, she's, she's doing great. You know what I mean? It like, what, what can I say? You know, she's been reacting to, to the sweet sounds of Harry Belafonte for three, four weeks now. You know what I mean? She's been smiling from ear to ear since she came out of my wife's belly. You know what I mean? Like all these things she's been doing and, and, uh, you know, obviously it's because of the stellar parenting and the exquisite genes that my wife and I have given her. You know what I mean? Obviously that's what it is. And she's probably just a genius baby. And, you know, now I'm just getting picky and nitpicking and shit. Right. But seriously, that that's kind of what it was. It was weird. We were kind of in this holding pattern, you know? Um, so like, I actually think for my experience, right? And that's what this is all about. It's about my experience, experiential parenthood. That's why I talk to different fathers every day or every week. Um, from my experience, the real development came with me and my wife as parents in week 12. And I say that because I think we're finally getting the fucking hang of this thing, man. I really do. Um, my wife, especially, she has been undoubtedly a, a freaking superstar five star captain general you know the best she's taken running her all over the place going on mommy walks and taking her to mommy and me yoga and doing all this stuff. she is so locked in and superb it has been a beautiful thing to watch um especially seeing where we started from in the beginning and how difficult it was for her for the big in the beginning. Um, but I think that we're really getting the, the hang of this parenting thing. And I think week 12, we became comfortable being parents. We are operating on like full tilt. We like are comfortable in this skin, in this parenting skin, for lack of a better term, you know, for example, you know, I talked last week, we took her on a train on a dirty, smelly, stinky, grimy ass New York City freaking subway for the first time last week. And we were like petrified. We we're like, okay, we got to bring all, all the sanitizers and, and I'm going to have her in the carrier and, and we got to bring the car seat uh, and we got to bring in case we have to take a cab. And so we have to take the stroller and then we got to make sure we have all this extra clothes and all this and, and extra blankets, but we can't take the blanket, this blanket, because we don't want it to get dirty on the train and all this stuff we're freaking out freaking out freaking out and this week she's been on a train three goddamn times uh in a week in one week it took her 11 weeks to get on one train and we were petrified out of our pants this week she's on a train three different trips we took to the train and most of which was to like go meet friends for happy hour like we're go, you know like what type of parents what type of non-comfortable parents would take their their daughter on a train to go to go to happy hour to meet friends like that's a level of comfortability that we didn't have before and 
you know, I, I'm not, we're not going and getting hammered at happy hour, so don't get me wrong. We're not like delinquent parents over here, but we're comfortable. We're comfortable in this skin. And that's where this real development, I feel, comes in or has came for us in week 12. You know, speaking of going to happy hour, we're always like in, for the first few weeks, for the first th- almost three months or whatever, every time we go to meet somebody or go meet a, meet a couple to go to lunch or we go to meet some friends at a birthday party in a bar so that we everybody can see the baby. We're like, nobody's going to touch her. Nobody's going to touch her. Nobody's going to touch her. This time, we're out at happy hour with friends and we are passing our daughter around like it's 2005 and we're the first people on the planet to have the iPhone. Like, that's really what it is. Like, we just got so comfortable with it. Now, we're following her around. Don't get me wrong. We're not delinquent parents. And I know that because our daughter loves us. I swear to God, I know it. The way she looks in our eyes, it's nothing but unconditional love. But it's this level of comfortability that we didn't have before and maybe it's a mental thing where it got to 12 weeks three months and you're just like all right cool now we 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 got it and we're comfortable or maybe it's just because we actually are getting used to this thing um you know the other transition that that we made um and and this is how you really know that we're parents now is that we have transitioned into the what the hell do you want phase of parenting right now parents you know what that means and for those that aren't parents yet what it means is when you first have a baby and they cry they cry all the time right they cry when they poop they cry when they pee they cry when they're hungry when they're sleepy they're they, for no reason at all they don't like how their foot is situated or we have a tingle in their back oh, who the fuck knows right but they they cry all the time and all you want to do as a new parent is coddle them and protect them and just take away whatever is making them cry and like make it better now you also just really want them to stop screaming for the love of God, please. Um, and that's the big, that's a, another big transition that, that that I think that we made this week. And obviously I'm, I'm joking about the, you know, wanting them to just stop screaming, but only kind of am I joking. Um, and, and that's what it is. Like I said, the real development I really think came with my wife and I, uh, and it was a beautiful thing. Uh, it, it's been really cool. And, you know, I guess that's, that's about it. This, this week 12 was, it was a weird week. It was, it was weird. It was wild. Um, but you know what? It's comfortable. You get comfortable. You get in the routines and I, I that. You finally get into it. This is this is the the week that you become a re- actual parent. I think is is week twelve. That's when you really become a parent, um, and that's all we got at least for for development of this week. Now we're gonna go hit a musical break, and on the other side, I have maybe it's it might be no disrespect to anybody else that I've had on the show before because they've all been phenomenal, but. I was listening back to this interview today and my conversation with this guy was, this might be the best, this 
might be the best conversation that we've had on a podcast so far. My, my guest, he's so engaging. Um, and he's also a fucking Olympian and an eight-time wrestling champion. So if you don't listen, I'm going to call him up. He's going to come to your house and whoop your ass. So uh, I, on the other side of the break, I have a good friend of mine who just so happens to be an Olympian and an eight-time world champion in wrestling. And I'm not talking WWE, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan wrestling. I'm talking about real Olympic wrestling like he he's the real deal man um that's my man Jake Herbert uh is gonna be on this show um and and he is a not only Olympic champion and world-class wrestler he is a world-class dad let me tell you and he's gonna tell you plenty of it in the conversation that I have with him this week Uh, and he's coming up on the other side of the break until then remember dad hard with a podcast this is episode seven um Connect with me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, dadhardpod at gmail.com. We're going to hit the musical break, and I will catch y'all on the other side with my man, Jake Herbert. Holler at your boy. Uh, now we out your zoning, baby, giving chicks my python. Hulk Hogan, baby, in the shop, getting money. Oprah, baby, not as much, but I was that focused, baby. Cheddar up with a chick who was Burberry down. Crib top of the city, view of the whole town. That's the spot of smash out. Keep a couple of bags out while the rest of that was stashed back to stash out. The only thing of it. In the days before you had brains, I cared about your waves. Remember back in the times when me and just a kid was fine. Remember the sandbox, little league ball, felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet, no handy, but yet. Pops tell us to drink up, like this will put some hair in your chest. That was before we knew how to stare at some breasts. But when you caught your first bad pair, that was the best. And we are back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, you know once that music break hits, it is time for the guest segment of the show. And this week, I always say it's special, but this week is very special. Uh, I have the honor of talking to a friend of mine, also from from college, um, and we kind of reconnected in this whole fatherhood brotherhood thing. Um, you know, I've always you know followed him. You followed his his moves on Facebook, Instagram, etc. The man is an Olympian which is fucking dope. Um, And, you know, we had some great times in college and I'm really happy that we were able to reconnect. He has some really interesting things going on in relation to not only fatherhood, but childhood development in the uh, post-Olympic and wrestling career that he has. So uh, it's my honor to introduce my main man, Jake Herbert. Jake, how are you, my brother? Mo, I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you reaching out to me and having me on. Absolutely. I, of course, man. I just, you know, I see all the stuff that you do on Instagram and, and Facebook in, in regards to the childhood development stuff. And, um, and you know, we were always we were always cool and, and, and hung out a bunch in, in college. And when I was trying to think of different guests to have on the show, I was like, yo, it would be so dope to get Jake on this thing um, and, and just talk about his experiences. Because, you know, being a competing Olympic wrestler for one side of it is that life and that situation in regards to fatherhood because if memory serves me correct you did have your first daughter while you were actively competing and training for the olympics right yes i did for the 2016 real olympic games wow 
Um, so like, how was that experience? Because I I think that 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 must have been such an, a surreal experience all the way around from both father, obviously from a competitive standpoint and training and all that, but from a fatherhood standpoint, like how did you manage being a, a dad and being a present dad while obviously going hardcore training mode and then furthermore being in the Olympics? Because I don't do any of that and I can barely manage just like just being a dad. So, you know, like how did you go about doing that? That's must have been crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely is challenging. Um, so, like I said, it's everything. I think comes down to time management. Um, so we we call that, or what I, I establish that as time blocking, right? So you got to make sure that hey, at this certain time, like when you have a doctor's appointment or something important going on, you're not going to miss that time with it. So not everything that you do is as valuable as everything else. But like when it comes to time with my daughter, Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, time with my family, when it comes to the most important things that I have to do for my business, um, I make sure that, Hey, there's no excuse. I'm not missing it. So it's on the calendar and I have uh, certain accountabilities and things set up like sticks in place, right? If I miss a lift or I miss a training session, I'm not going to get fired. My coach isn't going to kick me off the team. But again, that might hurt my chances. That might be the lift or the training session I need to win that Olympic gold medal. So that was a not a stick or something behind it to to keep me from that and to really um, make sure I'm smart and sit down and plan out my, you know, I'm a planner. I plan my weeks. I plan my days. I plan my months. I plan my years. So I I have my life uh, planned out and organized and um, I just attempt to uh, stick to that game plan, that time blocking schedule as much as I can. I mean that, but that must have been crazy because the, the thing about father, at least what I'm finding out in the early stages, because how how old was your daughter when this was when you were training for the Olympics? So my daughter was born. So I retired after 2012 Olympics. Okay, um, took two years essentially off wrestling. Uh, my daughter was then born shortly in uh, 2013 mm-hmm. in October, and um, I kind of was going through some things. My daughter's not – I wasn't with uh, her mother. We were never uh, married. Okay. We were on-again, off-again uh, boyfriend-girlfriend. Gotcha. And so that's a very different situation, so I wasn't there every night because I truly believe uh, – before that, I believe that a father is there with their child when they go to bed at night and there when they wake up at home. And, yeah. Um, that was just never going to be the situation with uh, her mother. Gotcha. And um, yeah, so that's that's challenging there as, as it is. So then I had limited time. And then when you have limited time with someone and something, you really want to make sure that you're there and present for it. Right. So um, so that's yeah. a whole nother, that's a whole other monkey wrench to throw in this situation. Like how yeah. did you also then de- deal with that? You know what I mean? Like I know when like I'm now starting to get jealous like the past couple of days – let me start over there. Um, I, I'm usually the one that like wakes my daughter up for her morning feeding, right? I was always doing the middle of the night feedings and whatever. Now, a couple of days, it's been, she's been sleeping a little bit longer. So my wife has actually been doing the morning feedings just because she's up, she's pumping, she's ready to go and, and whatever. It just works out that way. And I'm like getting jealous that like I'm not the one that's there feeding her. So how did, how'd you, you know, go about dealing with that both mentally and emotionally? I'm sure that that's like a... For, that would be like a, a crazy thing for me to have to deal with knowing how much I love like waking her up and putting her to bed. You know, how did you go about, you know, uh, moving around that scenario? Also, I'm sure that must've been difficult. Very difficult. It, 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 and it's hard. And it's just, um, it's just something that I had to, had to accept, you know, there's no getting around it. There's just, um, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to have the amount, I'm never going to have the amount of time I want to have, 
uh, to spend with my daughter. Right. Um, and that, and that sucks. So yeah. it's all about thinking, all right, well, in the long term, right? So I always constantly think the long term because when my daughter turns a certain age, you know, when she's 18, 19, 20, um, she gets to decide where she spends her time with, right? I love my family. I've had such a great uh, environment being raised with my mom and dad that um, I, I'm never going to have enough time to spend with them too. And, and if you keep talking to me long enough, you're going to find this issue about time, right? There's not enough time to do all the things I want to do, to have all the things I want to have and, and learn all the things I want to learn. There's just too much out there to do, have, and learn. That's so true. Um, you got to really kind of like balance that. So I think that's what makes the time I do get with her much more appreciated. And then again, it's just that focus on the long term. that, Hey, I want to build a relationship that we're going to make sure that we have a great long-term relationship. So when she's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, she's going to choose where, when she spends her time with, because there's a lot of people out there that have, that don't have relationships with their parents after they graduate. They're just like, Hey, I'm out of high school. I don't have my mom and dad. They weren't good to me. I wasn't there. And, and for whatever reason, they break the relationship. They determine that. So I've seen, I've seen that. Um, and I don't want to have that. I want to make sure my daughter knows that I'm always going to love her. I'm always going to support her no matter what she does, no matter where she is, as long as it's falling under the parameters of, is it healthy for her? Um, does it make her happy? And is it productive? For sure. And, and as long as you're clearing those filters, uh, is, is what I'm doing healthy, happy, productive? Um, I'm always going to 100% support that. So that's kind of like, uh, it's, it's a challenge, right? And, and it's, and it's not easy for anyone to do or have. So it's just always think of that things. And a lot of times it sucks and it stings. Um, but you just, you know, you sit there, you accept that, Hey, this sucks and this things. And you just ask yourself the question, well, what can I do right now about it? Right. Um, I can write her a note. I can write her something and, and or do something for her later. And that's typically what I would do. So I have like all these stacks of like things that I want to do with my daughter. I want to wow. tell her and it's kind of like saved up so that I can like do that in the moment. And then like there, I did something about it and then move on to like, all right, what's the next productive thing I can do. Yeah. That's such a beautiful, that's such a beautiful thing. And I was just going to ask you like, you know, with such limited time, um, Obviously, I don't know what that's like, at least not yet. I hope I don't have to know what that's like. But, you know, um, I was going to ask you how you go about maximizing the time that you do get with her and, like, this planning thing and and scheduling things that you're doing. That's just – it's like a beautiful thing. I actually almost have, like, a tear in my eye because it's, like, such a – I'm like, Jesus, I'm, like, failing as a father. Like, I should be writing down notes and different things that I want to be doing with her and I may just start after I get off the phone with you. Um, you know, but but that's like a beautiful thing. How did you how did you come to the decision that like that's what you wanted to do? It just come naturally, like. And then when you're with her, are there specific like what are some specific things that you do to maximize that time? Yeah, so it's 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 all about being present and engaged in there, right? Like right, right now, I have my phone out on my desk and I am talking to you, yeah. and there is nothing else. Uh, that I'm doing except for ignoring this phone call that's coming in right now and interrupting, <laughs> right? I appreciate so, that. Yeah, no problem. But like, that's, that's what I'm doing. It would be a lot different if I was talking to you and I was like searching for properties on the internet or emailing somebody else or right. having another conversation. So I think that being present is a big challenge because we have these cell phones, which are fantastic tools, mm-hmm. but they can always distract us, right? Because if I'm sitting there and I want to have dinner with my family – and we're all sitting there eating, and mom's on her cell phone, I'm on my cell phone, kids on the iPad, you're not really, like, being present and connecting them. 100%. Right? Oh, my wife yells at me about that all the time. She's like, why are you always on your phone? Why are you always on your phone? Jesus, I need to learn from you, but I need to learn from you more, Jake. I'm going to have to talk to you a little bit more often. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's and it's true, right? So it's it's when my daughter's there, my phone is away for the weekend. Gotcha. It's, it's, I plug it in. I plug it in the on the phone, of course, and that's it. Like, all right, there there might be. A, I know if I have something that I have to handle at a certain time, I'm going to set an alarm and come back and do it. But I'm there with my daughter, and we're playing, and we're presents. We have activities set up and things that we enjoy to do together that we've had to like build and do because I don't get many times. I mean, every other weekend with my daughter is not a lot of time. No, um, it's especially not. As a father. You know, but when you take a whole weekend and I literally dedicate and say, I'm not getting on email this weekend. I'm not doing that, you know, until she goes to bed or until they, you know, or I got to get up early to get things done. Um, that's, that's what it is I do. Um, yeah. so it's like, I, I want that quality time because it's, uh, you really appreciate things when you don't have them more. Right. And right. that's, I think that's what's so hard. And I think that's the difference in, in going from Kenley, my daughter, um, who I only have every other weekend to my wife and I got married and, um, you know, we met when, uh, my ex-girlfriend was eight months pregnant, seven months pregnant. We met at, um, my best friend from high school's wedding. Gotcha. So my brother-in-law is my best friend from high school. So That's I'm married. Awesome. Yeah. So his wife is my wife's sister. So we met, we started dating. I told her day one, Hey, I have a child on the way. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to be a difficult situation. So she knew right away that, hey, what she's in for, but has been nothing but a fantastic role model for my daughter. Um, you know, she's, she's my, my daughter calls her her Tinelli. Um, okay. You know, they couldn't have a better, better relationship. She was always there from the, the beginning uh, of my daughter's life. I and mean, she'll, she'll be there till the end. Yeah. But um, it's a lot different now with having my son, Michael, who's um, 14 months at this stage in wow. age, right? Because it's, I mean, you almost have them all weekend where I'll find him like, hey, there are times I'm, I'm telling him like, hey, Mikey, I, I know I want to play and do this right now, but I got to do this. I'm on the phone or I have to finish this. Or I have to do that. And I catch myself doing that more with him than when she's around because I don't I, I know with him, I take it for granted because, hey, I can get him an hour later or two hours later. Or three yep. hours later. That's probably sim- something similar that you go through with your kid yeah. and being on the phone. Right. But it's just like I still make it a point to carve out that that time with with my son. Right. This morning's when I get up like. Hey, I got up with him, and I'm not going to see him when I go to bed at night. I'm working late, and um, so I, you know, I took him into uh, into, into my wife has like a kids' room at her studio, and um, I was with him from when he got up at seven thirty to nine thirty. Like we showered, we walked, we exercised, we did. I went through my morning routine of what I do, so he can watch it yeah. and participate a little bit. And it's you know that was my my time with him, my quality time I got with him this morning. Gotcha. Look at that, fourteen months, and you already got him training. You got you got him training. What you got him training for the Olympics? Just like just like dad. Oh, Is that absolutely? No, he did. Uh, <laughs> hot hot cold shower contrast this morning because he had a cold. So we like got in the shower, we got like the steam going together, and then like I always make it end on freezing cold for him, and he's not going to know any different. He just laughs when I put him in the freezing cold ice water. If I did that to my wife, she would kill me. Yeah, I, you know, I, she's not she's not trained for that. But like he he doesn't know any different. That's what I love about kids and their development is they don't know any different as you start up right so you can literally train a kid that they don't know that hey um it's not everybody does 100 push-ups before they go to bed at night so they're strong enough to fight off the monster under the bed oh my god look at you yeah they don't know that right so you just you just install it in them which is great you get to create them um as you see fit which is awesome you know until they can start to learn score and they're like wow my dad used to make me do 100 push-ups and you know some people are like that's crazy i've never done 100 push-ups in one day and there'll be other kids out there like my dad used to make me do 200 push-ups right so they'll always find that that (laughs) that middle ground of whatever that is and this is now what you're doing not only with your son but like this is what you're kind of started to dedicate your life to 
um, going forward now, like post wrestling, right? Is this like childhood develop, like physical development or development in general of children? Yep. So physical literacy. That's what right? that's what so, it is. Physical literacy. There you go. Yes. Much better right word now, than what I used. <laughs> so right now, what I do is uh, I, I'm everything real estate right now, right? Okay. So I, I coach real estate agents. Um, I help people buy and sell properties. Uh, I invest in commercial, and I'm doing that all right now, so that in the next five years I can um, retire. Okay, uh, and I can help enough people buy enough properties and buy enough properties myself. I can financially retire, and um, I just want to run a physical literacy course, which is essentially just a um, fancy word for you know for gym class, right? There, you, you have financial financial literacy is, is something I think it's not taught in school. That's something that you really need. Physical really literacy, you got to be able to. Learn your body, how to control, how to eat healthy, how to do stuff, how to move your body with confidence and competence. Um, and then the, the mental aspect of what's your mindset, right? And when you put those three together, I feel you have um, what I call like a almost like a perfect human being that can then go out and accomplish anything they want to do. There's no no excuse for them not to be able to achieve anything. So that's that's what I'm super passionate about. And, it's, and I've been doing large experiments with uh, kids across the nation. Uh, so I, like I what them. what type of what type of stuff are you are you doing with kids? I'm sure like the pathways that you have that have open that you've been opened up to uh, in regards to that with wrestling is kind of on you know uncapped. Um, and I see that you're always doing different stuff all around. How what types of different things are you doing with the with these kids as far as their uh, their physical literacy? Right. So we have uh, created a system of it. Um, it's, 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 it's what I used in my training, right? When I came back out of retirement from 2014 to the 2016 Olympics, uh, my coach was over in Russia and learned their system. We talked to USA Gymnastics and learned um, their system. Um, and kind of mesh it all together to develop a uh, 20, 20 minute uh, warm up routine that hits like seventy three movements of everything you need to be able to win a you know physically athletic enough to win a world championship you know in the yeah. sport of wrestling okay. so physically wise and again we've just taken that into and broke it down into pillars and pyramids where I can do the same thing with my son you know he can't do them all right. but he can do aspects of it. You know, I'm not expecting my son to at 14 months to run and do front flips right. but right now like he can almost do a forward roll right wow. so I like grab his, grab his legs and lift them up and he puts his head down and his hands down and sometimes he tucks his head sometimes he doesn't and I flip his legs over his head and he does about 30 of those a day because that's like playing with dad right you know he's, sure. he's, he's just he's just playing them when you think about it right like mo when was the last time like your legs have flipped up and over your head uh i don't think they've ever done that to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's most most people right and, it, and it's it's just that's not a um, that's not something you're focusing on right now in your life for sure right that's not a not a priority for you to do a front flip right um you know but the kids they, they just don't know any different right yeah. and that's that's gym class isn't having them do it anymore um all the sports are specializing in the sports skill and not the physical development of it right like my son at 10 uh is going to and my daughter tenley is already halfway there right, at six um, she's physically able to excel in whatever sport she chooses. She just now needs to now be able to, to learn the actual skill, yeah. right? So rather that's throw a baseball, um, run for track, kick a ball for soccer, whatever it is. I mean, the girl can do – the girl runs and does – you know, her version of a front flip can do these like little almost front handsprings. Um, she does pull up, she hangs on things, she climbs, she walks on her hands. So she's physically gifted enough to do everything. And everybody assumes, oh, that's because your dad's an Olympian. Um, no, it's 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 Wolf's Law of Medicine, which is your body adapts and conforms to the intensities and directions you habitually subject them to. I mean, that girl has done 
um, thousands and thousands of front handsprings and back handsprings in her life just messing around with me, right? Yeah. Every time I see them on the weekend, we do about 100 of them, and it's playing, it's fun for her. I'm not sitting there with a stopwatch and, like, a scary look in my face being like, again, again, again. No, we're, like, playing. She's, like, on the BOSU ball, like, flipping over. She's doing this, she's doing that, and it's uh, and it's good for her, and she loves it. Yeah. Well, you know what? My daughter, at 12 weeks old, just, like, took her first steps on the arm of a chair yesterday while Daddy was holding her, so take that, Jake. How's that for physical literacy? Uh, no, man, that's, that's amazing. How old are you How old are you starting these kids out on um, on doing that? Like, are you starting them out at, like, 14 months, like your son's age, as far as, like, the kids that you work with? Or, you know, is it more more gym class oriented? So you're talking five, six, seven, eight, whatever it may be. Right, so it's a great question. So for, for me, um, when I work with kids, if I do it, they, they got to be able to, the way I say it is I got to be able to put my kid in a grocery store and say, hey, listen, you're going to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. Go get the ingredients. And they got to be able to go get peanut butter, jelly, and sandwich and come back. Now, some four-year-olds are able to do that, and there are some 14-year-olds who cannot do that. Right? Like, okay, I gotcha. That, yeah, that's the, that's the the mental capacity because you got to be able to follow directions and at least like put things together. The the other aspect is like you have like a, a mummy and me class, which is like something we're working on developing too. So like my son, I can't tell him to go get you know bread and whatever, right? I, I tell him to go get his shoes in the closet. Sometimes he goes and gets the shoes. Other times he comes back with swords. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like it's hit or miss there. But like. With him, it's just playing. So, like, I, I got to sit next to a, a neuro, neurologist or whatever, neurodoctor. Ne- neurologist, on, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. On, on the airplane once, and I was telling him and talking to him about this. And um, it, especially with early, like, childhood development with kids, like, your daughter, right? You can't, when a baby's born, you can't just hold them upside down. Like, you got to be gentle and nice and careful with that. Yes, my wife would kill me if I held her upside down and still... And, Stares the fucking ice grill through my skull every time like, yeah. I like lift her up in Superman position and like bring her yeah. down because she's like, babe, you're turning her upside down, you're turning her upside down. Yeah. But, but you can start to like angle them back, right? If, yeah. you, if you're holding them in your arm and rocking them, you can start to do that. Or if they're laying on their back, just you instead of talking them up front, coming from their head angle, and now you're upside down to them. Like think about their brain because when they're born, they don't see you, right? They see like blurs. Yep. And eventually their eyes get better where they start to see focus and then they see shapes and then they got to put like words in those shape. Oh, that's dad, that's mom, that's bottle, that's arm, that's hand. Like they start doing that stuff. So when you can start to put them upside down and they look at the room upside down, well, their neural pathways have to work harder. They have to work more to kind of like recognize, hey, this is the same room. Everything's just in reverse. So I start doing that right away. Like my son um, now he's he's walking around like a man madman. He's running. He's crawling. He climbs things now too. But like, like fourteen I mean, we, months. Yeah, and but we spend we spend a lot of time. Like I grab his feet, and he just holds a wheelbarrow position and thinks it's so fun. Like walking around and doing a headstand and doing that stuff. I mean, he's probably logged, you know, probably like two to four hours of his life, you know, in a wheelbarrow position with his hands on the ground. Now that's dumb. Everyone's going to look at him and be like, wow, look at his shoulders, look at right. his arms. Like he's jacked because his dad's an Olympian. And again, no, it's not because that. It's because of the amount of time that we put it in and we make it fun. Yeah. Right? He like runs around the house and I tickle him when he's upside down and he laughs and he, and he loves it. It's got to be playing. It's got to be fun because if it's just hard training, like 
it sucks. I hate, I hate running. I won't run. I'm a wrestler. I stand and fight. But if you tell me to go play like a game of like pick up basketball or a game of like handball or a game of soccer, I'll get like four or five miles in. Yeah, and sure. not even realize it. For sure. Yeah. Um, and actually, actually, the, the talking to him upside down. After, the last time we spoke, you mentioned that about talking to him upside down and like, and so actually, I've been doing that with my daughter. You know, when my wife is like changing her on the changing table, I'll come not from like the side or from the front or over the top of my wife because she's like you know five two or whatever, and like yeah. I'm like six one towering over her. But like I'll come from the back of the changing table and like put my head over my daughter's face um, because you mentioned that to me about all of the the neurotransmitters having to work hard and her having to put all those things together. I thought it was so cool when you mentioned, I was like, ah, fuck it. I might as well try that. You know what I mean? It's only going to like make her either more confused or completely explode her mind or, you know, she'll be all the better for it. Um, and it's really cool how she's like, she gets really confused when she looks up and sees me, but I feel like she's starting to make that connection as now she's going through this leap in week 12, right? Where she's starting to focus on faces more and details of faces. So I feel like she's starting to get it a little bit more and maybe starting to rearrange the situation. And that's just like a really cool, that's really cool how you just, how you got into that and started doing that. Um, was it sparked by your son slash daughter or did you kind of always have a passion for that coming out of wrestling or while you're wrestling, etc. So there's, there's two books that really like change the way that I think about like physical development and, and neuro, neurological developments. They are, um, the talent code. And I think it's by David Corolt or Coyote or C Y O T the C's Y's O's and T's. I don't, I'm a Northwestern. <laughs> you know? Um, but, um, that, that book, like, I was like, man, I, I realized it. I was like, dude, I wasn't born talented. Like, I was, I was a pretty good wrestler. You know, I've won, like, eight national titles. I got a couple of world medals. Oh, and, uh, yeah, not, not not that bad. You're all right. Right? Like, um, but I, I, I look at that, and I was like, I thought, okay, maybe I was born into it. But, like, when I really read that book, I was like, wow, if I would have put the amount of energy and enjoyed and did that into physics or science or ping pong or anything, I would probably be – somewhere along the same level For sure. of that, right? Just because the amount of the 10,000 hour rule. So that yep. book like really changed that you can develop kids into anything that you want them to be. If you put them in the right environments, you make sure it's fun and they get enough time on that, right? Like that's, that's just what it, what it comes down to. Um, you know, for anything. And then the other one was the art of learning, which was, um, the, Josh Whiteskin is the one that uh, wrote that book. And those two books had like such a big chip because Josh Whiteskin was a grandmaster. He was the inspiration for the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, okay. uh, Chess Prodigy, Grandmaster, National Champ, World Champ by like 14, and then switched over from that to Tai Chi. It became a Tai Chi push world champion and then went from Tai Chi is now super into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And he's kind of been able to like become world class in these couple things and just executing these principles. So when I kind of started doing that, I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, wow, I'm not just a good wrestler because I was born like this, but like I want to create a system for the United States of America to make uh, all these kids better like this. And so that was like the physical development of it. Gotcha. And um, being a part of Keller Williams and real estate here uh, and business growth and coaching has really like opened my mind to mindset and kind of like had me go back and dissect how I have such a growth mindset, how I am so learning. And that's, 
And that's like the other key that I'm seeing because you have these super talented people that come in here and they just don't do the work or they're closed minded and they're not willing to do anything and they don't prove. Um, so it, it's kind of like a combination of it all, of all my life experience of how I got to that. Right. And of course I want to use it for my kids, but I also, I want to use it for my community. Yeah. Right. Because my, my son can't be a, a, a world champion in chess. If he's just playing against people that are high school state champion, he's got to go out and play against the best in the world. So I thoroughly believe that, um, you know, by raising, um, you raise the tide, you raise all ships. Mm-hmm. So I really want to take this into communities because it's not that special when it is I go and do. I can I have it on a sheet of paper that I can email over to you, Mo, and you can run this physical literacy class right there in the thing. And that's, that's the kind of the goal of it yeah. is to make sure that these communities can happen everywhere because, uh, you know, your body, you, we all get one body, right? Once this body's done and gone, that's it. You know, I, I don't, I don't get another one. So you might as well take care of it. And, and a kid learning to do a cartwheel or a forward roll is the same thing as a kid learning how to do math or science, learning how to do everything else. So learning is learning. So I think it's just making sure they understand how fun it is and then getting them to achieve, like to understand that, Hey, I want to be a lifelong learner. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so much out there and I'm curious. And it's like the same thing as you. That's why, you know, a spark as to why you, 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 do this podcast. Now you have to go around and talk to all sorts of different dads and your dad level is just going to, your dad level power is going to like accelerate so much from going and doing this. Ugh, I hope so. I hope you, I hope talking to you accelerates my dad power like tenfold and I, maybe I can be a world champion dad. That would be, there, there should be the dad world championships Then I can compete in that and you know, you'll train me on how to do that and it'll be fantastic. I'll win that gold medal 10 times out of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Do you inject this competitive spirit that you have? Because obviously to be ranked number one in the world, win all these world championships, et cetera, et cetera, you know, get to the Olympics, whatever. Do you inject that competitive spirit into your kids? Or do you kind of find, you know, going back to kind of what you were talking about, about being born with it, do you see that they're just born with that competitive spirit? Or like, do you try to inject that into them as well to like beyond this physical literacy, you know, try to have this competitive literacy, if you will, um, and also have that competitive um, push or drive to kind of be the best at whatever they want to do as well. I guess specifically for your for your daughter because she's a little bit older. I assume fourteen month old. You know, he doesn't know what competition is yet. Yeah, not yet. You'd be surprised at what what they they pick up and they do. But yeah, it's it's. It, I, yes, I want to inject that. How good of a job I'm doing? I have no idea. <laughs> I I don't know until they're older, you know, you don't get the feedback right away. And I think the big thing about that is you're getting into that, that age old debate of nature versus nurture. For sure. Um, you know, which one wins out? I don't know. I think it's like a combo of both. Um, they might be born with some of it, but again, like you can inject and change some of that. So it's um, the, a lot of it that I do is kind of getting them over the fear of failure. Gotcha. Right, I think that's a, that's a really big thing because if you look at the most successful people on earth, um, they generally have failed the most yep. and have failed the fastest and have just continued to go, right? It's it's not failure that defeats you. It's stopping after you fail. It's what you do after you fail, yep. right? Because if I refuse to quit, um, I can't fail. Because that... technically I'm still going, you know, I mean, and you're going to – you're going to improve. You're going to go. I mean, you know that with, with everything sure. that you've done and everybody should. Absolutely. I mean, it's that, it's that Michael Jordan quote, right? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. It's the Dwayne Wade commercial. You fall nine times, get up 10. You know, that's, that's the kind of the definition of, of competitive spirit, right? Is to, is to 
not try to fail, but like, you know, you take these risks so that almost so that you fail so that you can learn and then be better the next time. And that's the only way you're going to be the best at whatever you're doing or really succeed. You know what I mean? Um, and that's fantastic. Yeah. And I want to transfer into that to like the parenting type that I want to try to get successful. And this is more, this, this, this will get men more excited and dads more excited on this parenting style than, uh, moms I found. But I like to call it uh, purposeful suffering. Interesting. You know? <laughs> and, interesting. Um, interesting. Interesting yeah, uh, and, uh, title for it. Yeah, exactly. I got to work on that. <laughs> right? Like, it's like when I call it physical literacy training for, for adults, that sounds great. They go, oh, great. I'm going to enroll my child in physical literacy. For kids, I call it ninja training. Yeah, right. You know, I'm not yeah. going to call it physical literacy. They're going to be like, what the hell's that? Right. You know, right? Sure. It's, like, it's, it's ninja training. So you, you got to sell it to your audience, right? But, um, if you think about like what it is to struggle, right? If you're, you're, you're think of somebody in water, like struggling, wading through water, right? Like you're building strength through that struggle. Yep. Some of our hardest times, our hardest challenges, our hardest things that we have, um, it sucks what we're going through. It hurts. It's not easy, but you come out the other end and you're like, wow, you know, it, it, it's, it's like, Hey Mo, if you sit on the mat every day and you wrestle me every single day, you're going to get your ass kicked That's and true. it's going to suck and you're going to struggle. But now when you go and you, you wrestle just some, some guy off the street comes up to you and is like, Hey man, I've wrestled for like a year in high school. In comparison, it's going to, he's going to be freaking easy. Yeah. That's you know? That's true. Um, so it, it's, it's that, it's that purposeful suffering. And I think as parents, we want the best for our kids and we always do, right? I want my daughter, um, to have it all and to be able to do it all. But I, I will not raise a, an entitled kid. Uh, I will not let her know that it's just going to be handed to her, right? I got to let her know that, Hey, you're going to have to work and you're going to have to struggle and it's going to be hard. Right. But again, I think about as my daughter sitting in the pool, I'm not going to let her drown. Right. right, but I'm not going to throw in floaties and a raft and a, a, a jet ski and everything else in there to make sure that it's easy for her until she like earns her way up to it, right? And I know that she can make good choices and handle and, dis- and decide on that stuff. So it's like, hey, you're treading water until you're strong enough. Where, hey, I know you could tread water for five minutes or ten minutes. Right. Um, you know, now I know you're good. And it's and it's you got to kind of let them struggle and fail and get hurt. Um, from time to time, which is goes against our paternal instincts, right? Because we don't want our kids to get hurt or suffer or any of that stuff. But like, heck, man, when your your little one starts walking there without the furniture, she's gonna have to fall a couple times, and she's gonna have to like fall down the stairs to realize that hey, they're tough, and that that oven is hot. Oh, right, God, and, and, like, and you're gonna have to touch it once or twice to know that it's hot. Like I can tell you, and you can learn that way. But like it's it's there. Are things, like you're gonna have to slam. I, I, like I cringe when the fact that my daughter at some point is gonna get her finger slammed in a car door, oh. and it's just like oh, it is. The, and we know it's the worst because we've been there. Oh God, right? I just like, cringed when you said that because I like <laughs> and that's never even crossed my mind. And like now I'm like thinking about all the things that like my daughter can do to like get hurt, and I'm like I'm, just, I, I'm like. <laughs> petrified for for her yeah. to grow up like yesterday it was cool when she was like wa- like i was holding her on her arms and she was like walking on the on the arm of the chair to try to get to see this eucalyptus plant that we have i was like oh that's cool now you got me thinking about like oh my god she's gonna try to do that one time when i'm not there she's gonna fall bust her head open like whoa my god how how can i let that happen jesus christ jake you, yeah. you're gonna give me a heart attack bro oh it's, it's <laughs> But again, right? Like, hey, it, it's if I could if I could turn the gravity up to two or three times in my house, so that my son has to walk around at two or three times gravity, and I give him heavy things, and then when he gets out in the real world, it's going to be easy. Of course. So you kind of want to create those like controlled environments where your kid can suffer, where it can be hard, and and, and it's instilling them, let them know it's great. As you ask my daughter, 
um, you say Tenley, how do you get tough? And immediately she goes by doing tough things. You know, like it's it's just it's just installed. It's brainwashed into her mind. She doesn't know any different, right, from it. But it's just uh, it, it's just installing those little things and those I have affirmations I say to them every night so that they they know what it is. Like I want them to do like every night before I go to bed. Like Michael, your crib is safe and warm, and you'll sleep in it all night long. And when you wake up at seven thirty tomorrow morning, you'll be healthy, happy, and strong. You know, your mom and dad love you so much. And every night that that kid is just I'm just programming that into his head. Yeah. Here. Every night when he goes to bed, every night he goes out for his nap, here's it from me, here's it from mom, here's it from me, here's it from my mom. That has effects on people. You know, yeah. you tell somebody they're a piece of crap enough, they're going to believe that they're a piece of crap it's and they can't true. do anything. It's very so true. It's, uh, it's, it's, we control the programming. You know, yeah. it's television programming for a while. I control what goes in their brain at this early, at this point in time. And it's just, it's all about creating that growth mindset versus that fixed mindset. I gotcha. Um, comes down to, yeah. Jeez. We should, you know, Jake. We gotta, we gotta, we we might, uh, we might have to get together off offline of here, write a real parenting book because that's that's fantastic. <laughs> you plus me on this parenting thing, y'all. We yeah. could, we could really, we could really get some things going and educate a lot of people. Um, we're gonna yeah. wind down here in a minute. Uh, been, you know, it's like thirty five minutes plus. This has been Jake. You're the man, and this is fantastic. You are a world champion, not only in wrestling but also clearly in dadding. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, but you have one on the way now, also, right? I do. Yeah. So February twentieth is the due date, and uh, my wife and I, she were having a little girl. Um, awesome. Which is which is awesome. So I got my daughter from my previous relationship. She's just turned six on October sixth. It was her golden birthday. Wow. My son. Uh, so that would be June twentieth. Uh, we'll turn two. So he won't be quite two yet. So we'll have that two under two, and uh, we'll see what we're made of as parents. And my little girl will be here on February twentieth. So um, I'm excited to kind of do it all over again and to keep going. I mean, the way I look at it is, my my friend once told me he goes. I was like, I'm okay with being done after this. I got a boy, I got a girl, I'm, I'm happy. Um, but he told me, he's like, hey, there's a lot of people out there that aren't good parents and aren't going to have good kids. So when you have good people like you, you know, keep having kids. Right? So you can make more of them. So it's <laughs> so like, well, that's kind of got me going too. And I, I love I love a family. I love my kids. And I, I'm never going to have enough time to spend with them all. So it's like, hey, I want them in that big environment and create our own community sure. that we get to decide what it is we do, what our values are, what are our missions, what are we working on, what do we want to do, what are we going to get. It's, it's just awesome when you can kind of create that community within the house. For sure. I, I can dig that 100%. Uh, that's a fantastic thing. Um, I'm going to ask you last last couple questions I'm going to throw at yeah. you because what I, I ask of every guest, um, and clearly you you really love this whole dad thing. You're a lot like me. I a really lot. love it a yes. lot. You seem like you're a natural at it or whatever, but what's like your favorite thing about being a father is it instilling like all of these um you know mentalities and 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 different types of literacies for lack of a, a better term or to continue with the terms that we've we've been using throughout this uh throughout this convo um like what is what is your favorite thing or what's been your favorite experience about being a dad I think it's the, I mean, I love it all, right? There's, there's, I mean, there are parts about being a dad, don't get me wrong, I don't like, right? There, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We just went through the Instagram filter filter of my life here in this 35 minutes. There's a lot of freaking <laughs> downside, and I mean, there's fights and non-sleepingness, and like, heck, like, we just moved, and when you're moving and your wife's pregnant, she has another studio to build out, and all that stuff, like, you get yelled at, and things go missing, and it's just... Well, like, when they're just pregnant and they don't have a studio to... <laughs> feel that thing you get yelled at so i dig it 
so it's not all it's not all sunshines and, and rainbow. But again, I, I again, it's it's back to that purposeful suffering, right? The sweet is never as sweet without the sour. So it's um it's choosing what to focus on, and that's something that I really learned from my wife, right? My wife is you know you got you got, you're getting ripped off here talking to me like she's the real winner and the the real cool one in this in this book, but um. You know, in, in the story, she she's the one that like she went through some dark things and and didn't have it fair and life wasn't fair to her and uh, in her darkest of times she's chosen to focus on her blessings rather than uh, the negatives in her life and that's really like it shaped her as as she is because we all have ups and downs and goods and bads but uh, to come back to your question answer the best thing about being a dad I love is just like we get to build a family. And, and when I think family, I think like unconditional love. Yeah. Right. That, that little man, like when I come home, um, granted, he doesn't run up and into my arms like every single time, but it's like, it's unconditional love at this point. And he looks at me. And, and when I, you know, again, just cause I'm around with mom and I come home, he might not jump out of mom's arms and run to me. But when I go to take him to like a, a daycare or a babysitter comes over or something else, he'll cling on to me and like yeah. look for me to protect him uh, and look for that and just knowing that like hey man i'm always going to love and protect and support you and i think he already recognizes that at 14 like my daughter she knows that like hey i don't get that time with you and i try to reach out to you all the time i don't always get through to you um you know i don't always get through to you when i'm looking to connect so these like 12 days that we're apart um but every time i pick up it's just like i pick her up it's like she knows how much i love her she knows what we have planned she knows why I love her, um, yeah. you know, and, and it's just installing that into them. And it's like every time I'm asking the same questions, that repetition to her over and over to brainwash her to, hey, your dad always loves you. He's always going to support you. He always he wants you to be what? And she's like healthy, happy, and strong. Oh, like, yeah, right. Like, that's all I want you to be is healthy and happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, um, you know, healthy, happy. And then it'll be healthy, happy, productive. And that's, that's I think that's all we can look and really, um, really ask for you know from god and you know from our families and from everybody else right because it hits those filters healthy happy and productive that clears 99 percent of the shit you, you need to do you're absolutely correct and it, and it yeah. sets them up it sets them up for success going forward you know what i mean like it, it just uh if they understand that and they understand how to be that and how to achieve that or how to just live that you know um they're gonna be they're at least going to be healthy and happy whether they're gonna be successful or whatever but like they, what is success without being happy and healthy in your life you know what i mean um, and, oh, they learn it a lot from watching too, right? That sure. Your daughter still watches everything you do, so you gotta, you can't just preach it. You gotta, gotta do it, it yeah. gotta go in the core because if it's not genuine, right? If I'm not actually living and attempting to do it every day, because not every day do I make healthy decisions, right? I still, I, I went out last night and had like two beers with like my friends, right? And I, I ate like a fried, deep fried avocado thing, oh. uh, you know, and it's like that's Sounds not delicious. We do, it's delicious, yeah, but it's um. You know, like they, they watch that and they know that like, hey, are you constantly coming home and bringing home McDonald's? Are you taking the time to sit there and cook and let them know good foods? Right. Like my daughter now can tell you what's protein and what's produce. And, um, you know, I, I got her convinced. It's so funny. She's like she came home for a mom the one time. Mom's like, why is Tenley telling me that sugar is poison? Like <laughs> Blank eye. And I go, because it is. <laughs> Oh my God, my wife is going to love that. She is a friend that says that to her kids also. She's like, she's like don't drink juice, it's going to give you diabetes. Kenny McDonald's going to give you diabetes. It's That's hilarious. My wife is going to love that when she hears this. 
Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's letting them know. I mean, and they don't know any different, right? And then all their friends are like, no, cake's not poison. I go, yeah, it is. It's sugar. It's poison. Like, you can choose to eat it, right? You can ingest little bits of poisons. But I'm like, and then I'm like, you're talking to a six-year-old. I'm like, my great, who told you it wasn't poison? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, where's your validation? Like, <laughs> it's like, That's well, I mean, they, they say that a little bit of dark chocolate, I'm always like, all right, who's they? Yeah, right. Who are you talking to? How valid is it? Right? It's, it's, show, show me in writing. Get the book. Yeah. Don't pull up the Wikipedia. Do whatever you, I need to see the proof that that's Jake. That's hilarious, man. Well, uh, last thing, last thing I'm going to throw at you, uh, being a new dad myself and the fact that like you're, you know, you're six years ahead of me with Tenley and what four, I guess, 12 months ahead, um, with Mike, um, what's your piece of advice? I mean, this whole, this whole conversation has been you just giving advice to everybody listening. So everybody listening, you should thank this man, um, and, and follow everything that he says because he knows what he's talking about. But um, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to me as far as like being a new dad? Uh, you're ahead of me in, in the timeline. What's the biggest piece of advice you can throw my way to, uh, you know, to, to help me along this path of fatherhood? Well, two things. So, so one is take pictures, man. Take pictures, take video, upgrade your storage, give Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos your $2 or Apple <laughs> your $2 a month to get the unlimited storage or whatever because it's it's worth sitting there and having. Yeah. Um, so that you and, – and, and then the second part that goes into it is like plan out where it is you want to be, right? Take that 20 minutes or 30 minutes once a week or once a month or once a quarter and just be like, all right, hey, what is the, what is the perfect family structure? Like what do I want my kid to end up being like? Right. And, and spend time because whatever you spend time in, you're going to get better. I'd spend time thinking about what that's like. Right? What's, what, what do I want as a relationship out of my daughter and, and, and me um, when she's 16, when she's 12? And then you work you work backwards to where you are now. So it's like, OK, so what can I do? Right. And, and have goals for it. it it's, I, I treat that all that stuff the same. Right. My daughter. Uh, and my son, like I have the same goals. I want them to be healthy, happy, and productive. Um, but but it, they're both going to end up doing it in their own and different ways. Right. Right. So um, again, right, and it's and it's taking the time to plan because if you if you don't know where you want to be, um, going back to Alice in Wonderland, right, any path will do. Yep, and not every path is going to get there. So you have to know what that outcome is, and you know, start with the end in mind. And work your way backwards what that is. And I think that's like the really the best goal is, is what it is. Then it's just, you know, pausing and taking that time to reflect and putting down that phone and yeah. just sit there and engaging. Because, I mean, some of the best times I've had with my daughter, they take like two or three hours and I put my phone away and we start doing activity. We start doing something that all of a sudden we're like singing some song that we made up or something like weird. But that doesn't happen with like phone interruptions. No, very true. Or, or very things true. like that. Yeah. So very it's – um. It's really just being present. I mean, that's what the kids need, and that's what's kind of crazy. Is it's not, it's not like one big thing that makes you an awesome dad. It's the little consistency of the boring and mundane stuff that makes you, you know, a, a good dad. But that sure. also relates to business. Sure, it's the same sure. thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jake, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, this is this is going to be this is my, maybe my favorite favorite conversation that I've had about it. Like all of your your whole whole concept of everything is is so interesting and it's fantastic and just like knowing you as a person um 
it's all super genuine and like this is all stuff that like you truly believe and you execute like if I know anything about you it's just straight up execution from days at Northwestern where I used to bump into you on Sheridan Road wearing nine <laughs> garbage bags on and, and on top of you just so you could like burn off like two and a half pounds before you go in for weigh-in like this has been this has been fantastic um I, I I hope I hope to have you on again. I, I'd love to talk to you after you have the third kid in uh, okay. at some point when your when your schedule opens up after February uh, and see how that's going for you. I'm sure it's going to be fine because you're the man. But you know I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. I, I'm sure this is going to be a favorite episode uh, for everybody listening. So I really appreciate it. No, and thank no, thank you for what you do, man, and for for getting this out to people. And and again, what's what I love about you is it, it's a genuine and passionate thing of why you're on this journey yeah. um you know so i wish you nothing but success and if anybody wants to get a hold of me i mean i'm, I'm not hard to find right i'm, I'm out there on social media tell you them where you can find them over. tell them give them your yeah. plugs tell them where they can find you how follow you how they can kind of learn from you on a day-to-day basis um with everything that you're doing yeah, so Twitter and Instagram, I'm out there. I don't know how many more. My Facebook is getting crazy because you're limited on the certain amount. But Twitter and Instagram, I, 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 you just go back and scroll through. You'll see all the, like, training and stuff that I do with the kids. Yep. Um, and you can always shoot me an email, uh, coachherbert at kw.com. Cool. Um, C-O-A-C-H-H-E-R-B-E-R-T at kw.com. Um, is an easy way to get to me um, for that stuff. I respond, I do all my emails, and I just want to help people out, right? Yep. So, again, my, my, my mission in life is to leave people, places, and things uh, better than I found them. That's so, uh, and, what, and what are the Instagram and Twitter handles? Oh, yeah, so it's jkerbert84. Cool. So, um, just my name spelled out. But, yeah, I, I interact with people. I love helping out if there's any questions or anything like that. I mean, the, the, the way that I look at it is, hey, for me to help 10,000 kids is going to be very challenging. But if I can help... A hundred, a hundred dads who want to go and then help, you know, a hundred people in their community. Uh, that's a heck of a lot easier. So it's, um, you know, you you raise. I'll say it again. You raise the tide. You raise all ships. Absolutely. So, and I'm sure there's a ton of things that I can sit and learn from everybody else. So I'd love to hear what they have that working best for them or, or add on this stuff because I don't have it all figured out and I'm I'm still in the process of learning and doing and testing and reevaluating and that's a that's a lifelong process. Absolutely. That's and that's what we're all trying to do here, right? You know what I mean? Trying to learn and be the best that we can be. Um, but Jake, again, thank you very much. Um, everybody else listening, thank you for listening to another week uh, and an episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. You know, definitely follow follow Jake. Uh, reach out to him if you know this stuff interests you and you want to get more information and and, and learn from him a little bit more. Um, and if you want to, as always, connect with me on the Fatherhood Brotherhood, shoot me an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com, Instagram at dadhardpod, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Uh, we're getting all that content game up and, and trying to try to continue building on that uh, to expand beyond just the podcast. You know what I mean? So as always, I appreciate you all listening. That's that's it for this week of Dad Hard with the podcast. Until next time, peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember man. back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground.
playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers, hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't beat that, man. You remember. And if not, you need to rewind this one.